Hi, I'm Caroline. And I'm James. And this is Outsourced. Each week, we'll be discussing different topics around freelancing and being self-employed. Thanks for listening to Outsourced. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Outsourced with me, James and Caroline. Hello. How, how's it going? How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, my whole body is hurting from skiing last week. We both went skiing, which was amazing, but also pretty challenging, especially as far as I was concerned. Um, so I'm still recovering from that at the moment. But... Um, going away refreshes you and it makes you more motivated and ready to go for the working week yes it does and uh, I mean although I am in pain I do think I had some moments of clarity when we were on holiday because I always do whenever you go away don't you think that you've come up with ideas and you think of things that you know you need to do and I guess it's having that headspace away from the day-to-day life yeah, you're you're getting off that hamster wheel of of daily churn and daily activities and tasks to then have, like, say, a bit of clarity, a bit of forward planning, thinking what you what you're missing at work, what you love, etc. So yeah, I can understand that. And definitely, and and I also feel that I, I I often just sort of go through life without necessarily thinking uh, about new ideas for book ideas or article ideas. And then I can be going down a mountain struggling to um, stay upright and all of a sudden all of these ideas are coming to me. So I think there is something to be said about that. There's probably some science behind that, actually. Probably. We can perhaps talk about it one week. But what is this week's topic? Today we are talking about self-doubt and comparison and how sometimes that can be pretty difficult when you're self-employed because you don't have that... Um, external validation I guess from other people around you Um, and we're going to talk about how we deal with that and some action steps that you can take to make sure that you're not falling foul to that sort of thing. Yeah there's a lot of facets to to this self-doubt and I guess we should try and explore the the sources of those self-doubts and the way to mitigate some of that as well. Um, Like you said that external validation or having people around you um, to to either tell you that you're doing a great job or you need to improve or whatever it might be. We don't have that as self-employed individuals that, that tend to spend a lot of time on our own. Um, so that, that loneliness aspect of it as well just feeds into that self-doubt. So I guess let's, let's try and work through this and... and, and Come up with a solution. Well, we'll do our best. <laughs> um, the, the first thing I wanted to talk about was... Um, when you start off so perhaps you've gone from being employed and you're thinking about either going freelance or becoming self-employed and you're taking that leap and you will have so many voices around you telling you you either can or can't do it encouraging you to do it sooner than you're ready to do it or telling you no it's not a good idea um there's always plenty of people with plenty of opinions when it comes to this sort of thing um, and I think a lot of people are just paralysed into indecision when it comes to being self-employed. Yeah, I think because the barriers to entry for self-employed people has dropped, or or even just starting your own business, has dropped so much over the last five, ten years. It's Now it's very accessible to, to register a domain name and build a website, um, to set up social media accounts and start self-marketing yourself. These These things weren't possible 10, 15 years ago, so in the days of having to buy ad space on TV or in newspapers, the, the you and me, the individuals, couldn't ever do that or, or afford to do that. So the, the barriers to entrepreneurship and self-employment are so low now that there are so many more people considering it and thinking it is a viable career option. And then that means that there's so many more people with that self-doubt because it's, it's not... Back in... 15, 20 years ago, if you were going to branch out of your, your career to set up your own business or to, to come up with a new product or service, then you were either the crazy ones or you had such a great idea that it was going to work. So someone like Jeff Bezos, when he was, I think he was working for Walmart, but he decided to leave and form Amazon. So he was probably, when 
when he said that he was going to leave his his day job, people yeah, his parents were like, "Are you joking, Jeff?" Yeah, exactly. And now now you look at him, but these days there's so much um, noise around chasing your dream, following what you love, do what you love, etc. There's much more encouragement as well for to become self-employed. There is, but I also think that there is quite a lot of noise of people saying that it's not always the most financially viable option. I mean, being employed is certainly a more safe option, isn't it? Oh, of course. And if, if you're just focusing on the financials, then yes, it is going to be super scary. Yes, it's going to be intimidating. Um, and it, it will vary for everyone in what life stages they're at, what their reliance on a regular income is um, we were quite fortunate that we sort of started our freelance or entrepreneurial careers when we were both living at home so we didn't have the pressures of a mortgage or rent um, we just obviously did have some bills but not significant bills that that might give you that self-doubt later down that later on in life yeah and I would say that the main self-doubt where where self-doubt originates for most people is financially 100 percent, 100 i i speak to a lot of people because of of the world that i'm in and what we we do is a lot of people sort of ask me questions and advice on how i started or what i did and the biggest barrier for a lot of people is i need to earn x amount every month just to be able to pay my mortgage and i can't afford, i can't i can't risk not being able to pay my mortgage for three four five months so that is certainly the biggest barrier which leads to that self-doubt. I, I think a way of of sorting that out or, or at least mitigating some of that doubt is to do things slowly. I think we're, we're brought up nowadays in a world where you have to have everything instantly. And if you've got an idea in your head one day that you want to become a freelancer, you expect that the next day you should be able to be a freelancer. Um, but I think one of the beauties of freelancing or following your dreams, I know that's quite cheesy, but following your dreams of doing something in the self-employed arena is the process of getting there. You've got to enjoy the journey rather than just one day quit your job. And I know loads of people out there are like, just quit your job and be a, become a freelancer, just, just bite the bullet, do it straight away. But that's not real that's not reality for most people you can't just one day quit your job and be like yep yeah, fine I'm just going to become a freelancer because you've got responsibilities yeah I think I think it comes back to that that barriers and it's so easy to uh, have a day job and also have a have a side project that might be building up your freelance career so if you are financially dependent on a regular income then don't be don't be put off by that. That's fine. We all, most people are, and we're not in the position that we don't need to earn money. But don't, don't be discouraged. Just use that as a okay. Yes, I need to earn X amount every month, and okay, for for the first six months, that might be my regular job or whatever I am doing at the moment. Um, and then look at what you can do in the evenings, weekends, lunch breaks, whatever it might be to build that up. Like you say, you don't have to have overnight success this this overnight success is a myth no look i don't think you can find one example in the whole history of overnight success everything you might only hear about something overnight and it looks like a success but the person the the guy the girl that's been working on that has probably been doing that for five years in the background out of their garage or or coming home after a 12-hour day at work and then spending another three four hours on their own project so there is nothing, there is no overnight success and everything takes patience, perseverance and dedication. I think that's, uh, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there because all of the it, the media and just the online world really puts a lot of emphasis on overnight success and oh right. my goodness, it's... where have these people come from, from nowhere, they've just become this, but it, it is very rarely from nowhere um, I mean, it makes good headlines. That's that's the does, thing. And exactly. It makes great fairy tales, movies, whatever it might be. But there's but never a nice success. That's where self doubt and comparison come from. Because you'll read an article about somebody who says they get up at five every morning and they're in the gym every morning and they're eating this amazing breakfast and then they're going and doing twelve hour work days. And you think, well, 
I'm never going to be that person, so I'm just going to give up. And I think that you have to decide what success and happiness look like for you and not look for external factors on how to determine how happy you are. Um, I think that's really important. I mean, in my first job, I used to spend my lunch break, which people didn't particularly like me having a lunch break full stop. I always took it. And I used to sit there for an hour and just write my book. And it's it's just taking that time and it's not always comfortable and it's not always what you fancy doing in the middle of a working day. But if you start to just get yourself into a slow rhythm of doing little and often, I do think that you will find results. Yeah, no, I, we, we, it's, it's ironic, but we, we talk about consistency every week. We're consistent with talking about consistency <laughs> in the sense that everything, you need to be... Like you say, little and often and start slowly. The people that have got this perfect routine of their day set up, I bet that wasn't what it was day one. So, because if you're used to waking up at 7 a.m. every morning, don't set your alarm for four o'clock tomorrow because you're not going to wake up. That's not that's not sustainable. You, Yeah, you might be motivated for a week, a month, but you're, that's not going to change your life. You need to do it in incremental, smaller steps. So that's... Again, if you if you are used to waking up at seven every morning, start setting your alarm for quarter to seven for a couple of weeks, and then move that to upper six, and then just just do everything slowly but consistently, and plan for the long term. Again, overnight success isn't a thing. Don't let let's let's eradicate that now. That's it's you have to be patient. You have to be determined to make something work. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think if you are in a... I'm kind of sidestepping a little bit, but I've just got a point I thought about. <clears throat> if you are in a public-facing job, so say you're a hairdresser, for example, um, you can actually talk to your potential clients. You can find out information about what they like from hairdressing. So say you work for a company now, but you're thinking maybe one day I'd like to go out on my own. Speak to them, find out whether they like being talked to, find out what their favorite part of of the the experience is, find out what they don't like, who they don't like. All this information will really, really help you. And I, I think that you can learn so much from being employed that will really help you. Yeah, I think you've yeah you've made a good point that be uh, I've heard this a few times. Be a sponge, and if you're not enjoying the job that you're currently in or the career that you're currently in, but you can't make an immediate step out because of financial or external reasons, then just make the most of that job, whatever it might be. You, you might hate the actual job itself but you go okay my manager is great at leading people or my 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 supervisor is really good at scheduling or whatever it might be so just absorb all this information so that when you're ready to then employ staff or or create rotors or whatever it might be then you've taken that knowledge and experience from people that you think okay yeah they did it really well how did they do it well what 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 makes me like that so i can then use that myself and equally if if you see a boss or a leader or a colleague that does something that you absolutely despise, you go, okay, that's also useful knowledge to go, I'm never going to do it like that. If I ever have the choice to make these decisions, I won't be doing it like that. I completely agree. And, and another thing that I think is really, really helpful is um, the process that a lot of a lot of companies have. Whereas as a freelancer, on your first day, you have got no process, you've got no idea how to save documents on your laptop in a way that means you can easily access them or send files via email. You've got none of these processes in place, whereas bigger companies will always already have those processes. So look at what they're doing. Look at the tools that they're using, Mm. the subscriptions they've got. Look at all this information and see how it can fit into your business model in the future. Exactly. So in a big corporate, someone's job will be to choose those platforms what is the best accounting tool? What is the best communication tool? What is the best? I don't know another example, but what what are the, someone's that would be someone's job to select all of these different platforms. So just absorb that knowledge, take it. It's 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 
it's it's there it's available it's crazy not to to use that and also ask questions if you've got an accountant um in your team for example <coughs> and you know that in the future you're going to need to be thinking about how to do your tax return just ask questions people are more than happy to think to speak about things that they're passionate about so it won't seem like an imposition if you say to them oh how do you how do you do this or how do you do that um i think it can be really beneficial in building relationships anyway just to show an interest in in people's livelihoods but you're also getting some information out of it as well Um, and i and i think that i truly believe that this sort of thing helps eradicate self-doubt because you're taking away some of these barriers that that you've put up in your head about freelancing things like well what am i going to do when i hand in my notice and i've got to sit there on my first day being free a freelancer and try and get in clients if you're armed with as much knowledge as possible, I think that you'll definitely feel better about it. Yeah, I think let's 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 sort of conclude this part about stepping into the freelance world and what would some of those doubts be? And yes, naturally the the financial side of it is going to be huge. So, in order to, uh, we could, I'm not never going to encourage someone to go from a salary to go to zero pounds overnight. Um, so maybe start it on the weekends on the and the evenings the mornings whatever it might be just start to build it slowly start to get a couple of customers clients get some products out there services whatever you decide you're going to do just start to build it a little bit slowly and and be consistent with it and don't expect if you're putting something on on facebook and you put a picture of something you've built created whatever it might be and it only gets four likes don't be discouraged by that because everyone's got to start somewhere and you will you, you'll look back at that hopefully in six, 12 months time and go, yeah, look, look where I am now and look at the growth I have and I'm glad that I made that first post. You've got to do the first step. What I just want to add one more point to this as well is that when you first put something out there, you will get a bigger response than you do in another two weeks time. So for example, we've got a, a beauty brand called Mayoray and when we put our first post out there that we were going to create Mayoray we had a massive response then the subsequent posts we put out after that got two or three likes nothing major and I think it's at that point which is such a crucial point because it can be a breaking point for a lot of people where they just think oh actually no one's interested in this are they it's a stupid idea I shouldn't have done it I shouldn't be doing this quick I need to go and find something else to do and it's that point that you just have to push yourself through because there will be an initial big reaction and then it will slow down and then it will build up but you've got to get past the slow sort of nothingness of it yeah yeah you'll have that initial excitement from friends and family and and you'll be asking them to share things and and share it with their networks etc so yeah you will have that influx to begin with you will hopefully get some orders customers whatever from from that but then you do need to play that consistent long game that, that things will start to build a bit slower. It's a bit slower. So just the main thing to take away from this uh, section is that um, if, if you just, you don't have to do everything at once. And I do think that will really help with any self-doubt or comparison that you're having. Is just take things at your own pace and don't try to mimic what other people are doing because you never really know what other people's circumstances are. Um, so don't try to to make yourself poor trying to appear rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. one step at a time, small baby steps. Um, there are, there is, I'm just gonna caveat this with that some people would say that you should just throw yourself in if you're committed to something, go two feet in if you love your idea, if you're convinced of your idea, which I get that if you're not reliant on the, the finances because you can, if you're if you are convinced of your your idea whatever it might be to 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 be self-employed then yes commit to it yes go go two feet in but that is that's almost like a luxury for some people and whether you whether you're not financially dependent or or you're living at home or whatever it might be uh living with your parents sorry so in the ideal world yes but i don't think that that is the real world and i don't think that's realistic so don't let that be a, a barrier. I think that's the biggest thing is don't don't just be like, well, I have to earn 
salary otherwise i can't exactly. do this it, it just if if you're not in a privileged position don't think that that means that you aren't ever going to be able to be self-employed or a freelancer because that's not the case it just means you'll have to do it on your own time frame and there's nothing wrong with that at all no the next point i would like to talk about is perfectionism so you've decided to become a freelancer or you've decided to become self-employed and now you've got this whole worry i guess of what you put out there and i know that this is something that affects you quite a lot so i guess this is maybe a good question for you um about almost the paralysis is that the right word Mm -hmm. of not putting anything out there because you're not necessarily scared of what people think but maybe you're just you don't think it's good enough or it's not the perfect picture or the perfect piece of writing or or there's just something you're not quite sure about and instead of just putting it out there anyway instead you're like no not good enough it's not going out there and so nothing goes out to the world yeah i i have suffered with this and i it is still a, a, a battle that i have to go through is like exactly what you said is it might not necessarily be bad or i might not dislike it but i think i could have done this better i could i could do better and therefore i'm not willing to post it because like we said earlier about when you have something going out for the first time you will get a little influx of friends family checking it out looking at it being nosy so i feel like i need that that moment to be perfect because that's when the eyeballs are going to go onto it and i was always sort of drummed into me that you only get one first impression with with something someone won't come back to it and have a look at it so yeah 100% even even this podcast to a degree we we recorded the first couple of episodes I thought they were they, they were okay they might not be in our best work because we're we're still evolving and improving um so I was a bit reluctant to share it or get it or or to to distribute it but I think something that I've really tried to embrace over the last 18 months two years is is done is better than perfect and that has helped me just getting work, content, whatever it might be, out there, share it. Because what my opinion of perfect would be might not be someone else's. That might be someone else's idea of really good or looks great and they don't know any better. So it is a it is a it does paralyze you at times because I'm again, it's it comes back to that loneliness. You're sitting here on your on your on your own on your computer, produce something and you're like, hmm is it great? Like, does it look good? Is it my best work? I'm not sure. I'm not going to send it to the client. I'm not going to share it on social media. I'm not going to publish it online. I'm just, I'm just sit on it or I'll try and improve it or I'll do it later or I'll leave that for now. And it is, that is a very difficult, um, very difficult barrier for me certainly to get over because it's my reputation. It's, it's what, people know me for is the work that I put out there and I share and what I send to my clients and whatever it is. So I feel like a huge responsibility that that has to be 100% the best I could have done. And I find this particular thing, that part of your personality really fascinating because it's not something that I really have. Um, So for me, with the podcast my opinion on the podcast is well it's better than the one that doesn't exist and that's kind of what I think about everything I put out there like sure some of the the writing that I do might not be my best work but it's still better than the people who are sitting on all their ideas um and also you never know what will resonate with someone yeah I think that's that's the thing like I said my perfect or my okay might be someone else's perfect so i could share something that i think isn't great or it's it's average or i could have done better someone else looks at that and goes yeah i love it it's perfect it's great it's the it's exactly what we had in mind whatever it might be so that is difficult to that what that that's kind of the motivation at times that i just have to done is better than perfect i think um as an example once a little while ago i wrote it was just a blog post and I was kind of like, oh, I'm really not sure about this one because it was quite personal. And I don't, I think as a journalist, as a journalist, there's this whole um, problem with with knowing when you're getting too personal. 
so, so, so this is something that we talk about quite a lot in journalism about how much of your life you really want to put into your writing because as soon as you do it once people will expect it of you but anyway I put this blog post out there and it was probably one of the biggest um, responses I got for anything that I've ever written because people just resonated with it and they liked the honesty and they needed the honesty I think sometimes people just really need a raw uncut version of whoever you are whether that's as a designer whether that's just putting something out there on social media um, even if you're do you're a counsellor for example and what you do is put motivational quotes on on Facebook it, even if that's what you're doing and you think oh, who's going to read that no one's going to want that for somebody it could be the exact thing they needed to read that day so I think it's just really important to, to do it. Mm. Uh, and it comes, I think it does loop back around to the loneliness part of it because you don't have anyone else validating your your work, having anyone validating your opinion. You might you might be a builder and you build a house and you think, mm, I could I have done that better? But there's no one in your ear to, to say, yes, you could have done that better or no, this is the best. It, it's your own, it's your own, self like self-doubt I guess and it's yeah. it is it is always trying to overcome and trying to trying to believe in yourself and I, and I want to touch on um criticism as well because it's something that as a journalist I have to deal with a hell of a lot um it, the comment sections of a lot of my articles are something to be desired like they're hard work to read sometimes for the to the fact that I actually just don't read them anymore but it took me a long time to get to that point and it takes a lot of strong will not to just sometimes delve into the comment sections when you're feeling a little bit like oh I don't know if that article was any good I need some external validation like we were talking about and next minute I'm reading comments that are just nonsensical not even about the article just stupid opinions um and I think that that, again, is another thing that paralyzes people into not doing anything. They'll get a stupid opinion and then they'll stop doing it because they'll just think, I can't, I can't do it. I can't have the weight of other people's opinions on top of me. Um, but as a freelancer, I think you're always going to get that. Perhaps, well, it, to be honest, just in life. Yeah, really. I think if, if you're looking to progress your career in freelancing, in, in traditional employment whatever it is you do need to develop a thick skin because people aren't always going to agree with you people can be envious of success people can think that their opinion is better or more important than someone else's and that if you are putting yourself out there you are opening yourself up to criticism you are opening yourself up to uh, a negative opinion in whatever field that is it doesn't have to be in the creative space it can be in any any form of career any anything in personal life as well um so you are you, you have to develop a thick skin and that that might come with age because i think i was certainly worse at receiving that that feedback when i was younger i still um, think i'm pretty bad now to be honest <laughs> <laughs> and it isn't it isn't nice to, to to have criticism but sometimes it's good as well it is healthy to to not think that everything's perfect in this world and that you're not great at everything as well because everyone needs to improve and what they do so but that that shouldn't fuel that self-doubt that should be the the opposite it of that it on. should spur you on and go yeah okay i didn't do that that haircut as well as I perhaps should have done and I yes I deserve to get a bit of criticism off the client but how can I do that better next time why how can I make sure that never happens again and I think one a piece of advice that I would say is you you don't have to to listen to the noise if you don't want to I don't know this is maybe quite specific to journalism although I can think if you own a restaurant or something like that um, and you get one person writing a bad comment about you on Twitter. Um, I think that you can just you can just block the noise. You can mute the conversation. It's something that I do often. If someone is having a conversation about an article that I've written, and I am 
almost a passenger in their conversation. My name's being mentioned, but it's, you know, just to criticise me. Um, and I, I know this happens a lot with influencers. It happens with restaurants um, and, and review type, things that you can review. Um, just, just mute it. Don't block anybody. Just let the conversation go on, but just do not play a part in it. It will be a huge benefit to your mental health. Um, I didn't even know you could block conversations until quite recently, uh, mute, sorry, conversations until quite recently. And it has been very, very life-changing for me to know how to do that. Yeah, I do. Uh, I think it depends on the the industry, though, because if you are a service-based outlet, whether that's a restaurant, cafe, whatever, I don't think that you should just ignore bad reviews. I don't think you should just be like, oh, I don't care what the one-star idiot does on TripAdvisor or Google because, yes, there might be some... That might spare a frustration or a bad experience that isn't typical, but there will be something in that review or that feedback that will be useful. If you can if you can get past the emotion and get past the frustration and the the, the, the nastiness, there probably is something in there that you or your business could improve. Yes, but I would say that should not be conducted online. But it is, I think. It uh, tri- sorry, I mean publicly online. So, for example, if this if this happens, and I and I know this through our time in working in hotels, if somebody gives you a bad review on TripAdvisor, you can respond by saying thank you for your feedback. We'll be in touch. Just something simple not too don't don't get too into the details i've also seen really terrible almost arguments oh yeah you should never you should the the, yeah you should never go is always right however much you don't think that they're right yeah you should never get into a back and forth no sort of um however however much you care it never comes across that way it just comes across as petty so just say thank you be polite and take it offline or not offline but take it out of the public eye and try and resolve it like that i think that there are ways and means of conducting yourself online and when it comes to bad feedback i I do and i don't know if you agree with this maybe you don't but i think less is more yeah, I think as a, a lot of the time when we're talking about when we're linking this to self doubt, and there's a, a few YouTubers have said this because obviously on a YouTube video you have a comment a comments section where if you're getting a million views, you're likely to have thousands of comments, and a lot of the big YouTubers tend to say that the the, the hardest comments to read are the ones that they know have got yeah. some truth in them. Um, there's a very famous blogger which is a video blogger called Casey Neistat and he mentioned this once in his videos that I I think it was along the lines of that he's running out of ideas for new videos and new content and he when he when he said he read that comment he that hit him harder than all the other all the other thousands of comments because he knew there was some truth in that and that there was that little self-doubt nagging in his own mind that yes he might have his ideas were becoming stagnant or he hasn't done anything creative or new. And then that one person affirms that self-doubt and that is very, very difficult to ignore. And that goes back to that perfectionism, that that, that, that that feeling of being paralyzed because when you post something and you know it's not quite good enough or you know it's not quite as perfect as it should be and then it, all it takes is you could have you could have hundreds of positive comments, hundreds of, of really good feedback, but it only takes that one person to affirm that bit, that one little self-doubt in your mind, and that's all you'll focus on. That's it. I mean, that's so true. Everything that you said just rings very true. And I think just going back to TripAdvisor and as, as working in hotels previously, this is really true of of the hotel and restaurant industry so if you know for example that you've got one dish or you've got a room in the hotel that you're like oh it's not quite good enough i don't like it as much as the others and then you get a bad review it is so hard to 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 like go past that Mm. because it just builds and builds and builds and it becomes more of a thing and a thing that you really feel like you need to deal with um 
And it's not always possible to deal with these things straight away. Money plays a huge role in in these sort of things. And especially if you're part of, if you're freelancing for a huge company, you can't always get those things pushed through quickly. Um, I think I think we should wrap this section up by by trying to use some of that self-doubt or criticism as fuel to improve yourself, to improve your service or product. And I think that's the important thing, to not let it paralyze you or cripple you or, or, or to make you stop something. It should be the opposite. It should go, right, okay, this is the area that I need to focus a lot of my energy, time, resource on to improve, to make better, so that I don't have that self-doubt and then people that I'm externally sharing this with won't identify that that doubt as well exactly and if you see a comment like you mentioned Casey Neistat um saying about his his um running out of ideas if you see a comment that rings true own it be like yeah yeah Yeah. you're right and 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 I need to try harder and I need to work harder I need to come up with new ideas or whatever the case may be I need to find new pillows for room 101 like they whatever your situation just remember that there is something that you can do to change it but the worst possible thing to do is to do nothing yeah because people people like to feel like they've helped you self-improve as well um if like you say you're getting a lot of comments that the pillows suck in room 101 and all you need to do is just go and buy some new pillows and then you can then reply to that, that that person that said that and go, oh, we've got some brilliant new pillows. It's 101. Do you want to come back and try it again or stay on us? Then you've identified and you've shown a vulnerability, which is no bad thing, but then you've been proactive to fix it. And there's nothing people like more than to feel like they've been heard. And I sometimes think that's a really powerful thing to do. We do that on May Array occasionally. If people give us feedback... We then go onto Facebook and we say, we've listened to your feedback and this is what we're doing. Yeah, because um, we're so small that we can be Yeah, exactly. We can and, be and even, if, even if you're bigger, you can you can do that, but it just means the noise perhaps is louder to tell you what to do. I mean, we might have one or two people tell, giving us some advice, whereas bigger companies will have much much wider audience, I guess. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, take it on board. But you know what? Sometimes people will just give you a really awful criticism or piece of advice. And in those sort of situations, you cannot let that define you. You just have to push through and realise that people give their opinions about every part of life. It's not just about freelancing. It's not just about being self-employed or your career. People will do it about your family life, your friends, your children there's an endless amount of areas that people like to give their opinions on just don't let it ruin your path no no take it take the the take the feedback on board but don't let it um don't let that doubt just fester and grow and grow and grow and don't let that that individual or those people make that self-doubt so you stop your dream your passion your idea your service absolutely um and I also wanted to just put, uh, just sort of have a little bit of a mention about comparison and specifically um, on Instagram because I think that the whole comparison thing to other people's lives, specifically, so for me, it will be other freelance writers, but every single company or freelancer will be following other freelancers who are doing similar things to them. And in that comes this sometimes nagging worry that you're not going fast enough or you're not doing things quick enough um but my advice maybe is is a little bit different to what i've heard before and it's that i do believe that you should keep these aspirational um instagrammers on your feed a lot of people say just block them block out the noise only have things that you love on your feed and that don't make you feel jealous or envious but Sometimes I think to reach new highs, you need to see people really killing it and really doing a good job. And if you block out all of that, I don't think you're ever going to really know what the competition are doing. As uncomfortable as it may be, I think it is important to see what other people are doing, even if it does make you feel momentarily envious. I don't think it's exclusive to Instagram or social media. And I, 
that we don't need to, I don't think, bottleneck into that because you can be envious or trying to benchmark yourself against competitors, other people, from an offline point of view as well. You might, you might be a painter and decorator and walk into someone's house that has had some work done on it in another room and go, wow, I could have never got that neat a finish or wow, I could have never done that as, as well as they've done it. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll never get there or you'll never be that good. So I don't think it is exclusive to online content. Yes, we are we are inundated with um, with seeing things online and posts and f- on our feeds, etc. But it's it's a- a- available everywhere in the world, everywhere in our career and our jobs that we see this comparison to other people, to people that are better than us, people that are worse than us. And again, it might give you an inflated ego if you only surround yourself with people that are worse. Like you said, if you if you block or stop all the noise that's that are level above you then you're only benchmarking yourself against people that are below you. So you'll always, you'll probably plateau, you'll, you'll think you're the best, you're the king of the jungle and you won't, you won't need to improve yet. It's, it is important to have that aspirational, that, 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 like you say, that, that thing to go, okay, I want to be as good as him. I want to be as good as her. I want to, I want to be able to produce content that they can produce because at the moment I'm not ready for that. And I don't think you should be disheartened by that either. Um, because they they were they were they were at your stage at one point in their career as well. And we said this a lot skiing last week that you'll see these people flying down the mountain doing beautiful turns and twists and backflips and effortless. just making it look effortless. And we're going down there awful, stumbling, falling over. But we always had to remind ourselves that those people that were that looked effortless at one point in their lives doesn't matter how old they were they were as bad as us Mm -hmm. and if we persevered and we were determined and we were motivated to be as good as them we could get there as well and that's the same in any career in any job um that if you're determined enough and you care enough and you're willing to put in the hard work over a long period of time it won't happen overnight (laughs) it will take long time and you do need that perseverance and that determination but if you are willing to put that in, you will get to those aspirational levels and then you'll have people looking at you and going, wow, I wish I wish I, or I look forward to being as good as that person. I think that's the way that you need to change your mindset. That that's so, I don't, that's so right. I don't wish, I wish, like I'm not envious of you. I just look forward to being at that stage. That's a thing that I think we can all really learn from even going back to Instagram just for to, to play both sides of things because Instagram is a large part of the, the comparison conversation in looking forward to reaching the stages that other people are reaching is such a nicer way of putting it than I'm really jealous that they're there and I'm not and I'm mm. never going to get there look forward to the time that, that you work for when you get there but also enjoy the journey of getting there because there have been plenty of occasions in my life already when I have been so busy working to get to this stage that I haven't even enjoyed all of the process that it takes to get to it. And you're always going to be striving for something new. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs do say that, that the, the journey and the, the hustle to get to their end goal is more enjoyable than getting to their end goal. And they also feel like that once they hit that end goal, they're they lose a little bit of purpose and they lose a little bit of oh I've done it I perhaps need to move on to the next thing whereas um, that's a whole new type of self doubt isn't it yeah. that you've achievement self doubt yeah that you've 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 done what, so it is enjoy that journey and it is a case of of looking forward or trying to emulate someone else um, and I think the amount of work that you're willing to put in and the amount of dedication you're willing to put in will be the speed that you can do that and um, so to wrap this up in a way, um, I have a question for you about how you like to receive criticism from your clients because I think that this is something that a lot of people who are listening perhaps aren't sure how to to tell their designer that they're not 100% sure of, of their work or I have a lot of clients who want to give me feedback on my writing but aren't really sure how to do it because I think it's a lot easier to criticise 
a big corporation than it is to just criticise one individual. Yeah, like if you think about how many times does a hairdresser get that mirror and show you the back of your hair and you just say, yeah, yeah, it looks great. When I, I don't reckon many people will actually go... Oh, they've they've messed that up a little no, bit. No, you never or, would, because well, maybe but, you would if it was absolutely terrible, but you wouldn't want to. You'd, you in your head, you'd be like, "I'll get home. I'm sure it'll be all right once I've had a fiddle with it." I think it's I think it's our culture, and being British, we are quite reserved in giving uh, honest feedback and hurting people. And you've you've come across this um, more with working with people from Central and uh, Eastern Europe that they're much more direct with their opinion and they're much more direct with what they're thinking about an individual, a piece of work, whatever it might be. And they just say it as it is, whereas we do try and skirt around it a little bit, try not to offend people, try not to disappoint anyone. Um, And I don't dislike that and I do like that as a part of our culture. But you do also need to be able to develop that thick skin that when someone because it, it can it can make things a little bit clout, um, sort of perfect vision that if you don't ever really get harsh feedback or difficult feedback and then someone does give you a negative bit of feedback you need to be able to not take offence by that and not let the self-doubt again enter your mind and think if they don't think I'm good enough does that mean everybody doesn't think yeah, I'm good and enough and that I shouldn't be doing this and then quit and just go down a different route and actually that's something that I now thinking about it I felt a lot more at the beginning of my career it's a confidence thing yeah I've got bad feedback throughout my career so I've written some copy for websites and sometimes I've just completely missed the mark I mean you do it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do sometimes you're just you just don't do the right thing that the client wants it doesn't mean it's bad it just means it's not what the client wants and I think that that's another it's another thing that we need to reframe just because somebody doesn't like it it doesn't mean they don't like your overall work it just means that what you've done on this occasion has not hit the mark it's not someone saying you're rubbish and everything that you've ever done and everything that you stand for is terrible you're awful it's just someone saying on this occasion this isn't right because you have to remember that these people have given you a chance as well there's a reason that they've engaged with you to work there's a reason they've asked you to to decorate their house there's a reason they've asked you to cut your hair there's a reason that that they've instructed you to 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 be their legal counsel whatever it might be and that's that's usually based on either feedback from other people or seeing you around and seeing the work you've done and thinking yeah that's pretty good i like that so don't yeah like you say just because you might have not hit the mark on this particular project doesn't mean that they now think that you're awful at your job and therefore you should think that you're awful at your job and start to reevaluate yourself you should take that criticism on board and go okay if there's something in there that that resonates and you do agree with or you you know in the back of your mind that you could improve on that area then go ahead and do a training course spend some time some effort some resource into improving that area but don't let that discourage you at all use it as the polar opposite of that and make you better at that that little segment of your your work and no one ever got better by just not doing Hmm. um i think that you can't you can't expect to ever improve at anything by just sitting still and doing nothing because you're paralyzed by indecision so however bad the feedback however bad your day just wake up again tomorrow and do a little bit more to to help you get in that right direction um and i self-doubt is is a huge part of maybe it's not for everyone but i think it's quite a big part of freelancing because you don't have that soundboard um but know that there are plenty of people going through similar experiences to you and the most important thing that you can do is just keep moving in the right direction yeah you just need to i think you need to stay balanced because you don't want to be so arrogant that you think that that everyone else's opinion is wrong and that you're great and you're the best but then you don't want to be crippled by that fear of 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 doubt um so it's just having that very level and it is difficult it does come with confidence and experience um and day one it will be harder than it is day 1000 absolutely so it's balance and consistency and just continual gradual improvement or hopefully 
banish feelings of self-doubt yes and don't be envious of people which will discourage you don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20 exactly pretty sure i've already said that in one of these podcasts <laughs> and um, done is better than perfect yeah because we're, we're whipping out all the quotes today because you like you say you, you're going to improve by doing and you're going to improve by doing things every week every month every day so you're just going to get better and better and better so don't be discouraged if if your first attempt at something is rubbish agreed and that sort of round, rounds it up now yep. we're going to do our quick fire questions have you prepared for this one mm, yep. yeah yeah <laughs> bet you have um Let's start with buy this week. Have you bought anything that you'd like to share? Um, I have bought something. Um, it hasn't arrived yet, but it, it something for my desk in order to um, just improve my setup in the sense of a, a laptop stand. And I think this having a good setup is so important in your your whatever your industry is. And for me, it's a desk to 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 spend a bit of money and a bit of time in finding out the best um best things because one you, from a health point of view you're going to be sitting at your desk for a, a lot of your life so it needs to be comfortable it needs to be good for your back your neck your arms your legs and everything and two, make it look great as well because again if you if you we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago about your personal brand and feeling good if you feel good about your setup then you're going to feel confident you're going to feel organized you're going to feel it that your whole workstation is good and your workstation might be a van or it might be a a, a, a desk in uh in a in a in a virtual office whatever it might be wherever your workstation is make sure it's the best and you feel great about it um so that 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 confidence is it might be self it might be subtle but that confidence flows into your work and what you do and the way that you conduct yourself and if you do have clients come to you again invest a little bit of time and effort and money into making that area that people see you uh, impressive. Definitely. Agreed. Good good one. Thanks. Um, my one is Thoughtful, the card oh, yeah. um, app or website. It's not an app, is it? It's just no, a website. Right. Um, I really like this. And my kind of tip, I guess, since you've done a little tip, is that I think it's really nice to send thank you cards to clients that you work with um, or who sort of employ you on a regular basis. If Or send sort of well done cards if they do something impressive or Christmas cards. Just, just you know, give them a little bit of attention. Yeah, sure, you're giving them a service and they're paying you, but there is nothing wrong with a little bit of a personalised touch every now and then. No, and Thoughtful's great from, a, from our world as well because all of the cards are user-generated, so you yeah. buying a card is actually funding someone's career, um, which I think, again, it's it, we, the barriers to entry are, are so low nowadays that if you can design a greetings card, then... You can make a whole career off it through a website like Thoughtful. So, and yeah, a hundred percent. A little bit of um, gratitude back to a client can go a long way. Certainly, Christmas presents is a huge one. I don't. I think that's to, to spend thirty, forty pound on a client that might give you ten, twenty thousand pounds worth of work in a year is a no-brainer to me. So, um, definitely a little bit. Just be, just be a, a person that they want you. They want to they be the person that they want to stick around yeah so okay agreed uh what have you been reading slash listening to this week i'm gonna be consistent with the podcast theme that i've done the last few weeks and um this is a it's very specific to me and my interests and it's a football podcast and specifically about norwich city the team that i support and generally they talk about uh norwich related Things, so it, it wouldn't be of interest but this particular episode they spoke with a manager of a different team called Paul Warren he is the Rotherham United manager and he spoke very well and he was very normal in um, in the way that he delivered himself and again we, with footballers and managers we, we put them on this sort of higher level they're, they're sort of celebrities they're different people whereas he was just very normal very humble very down to earth but something he spoke a lot about very passionately about was emotional intelligence 
and that he's trying to teach his players about being emotionally intelligent with each other and to learn about what motivates them and what makes what why do they turn up to training every day and why are they in the job that they're in and just a little snippet is that at the start of the season he made them all sit in a room and basically open up and give the, the sort of the saddest moment of their life and and he said that there was sort of 25 30 grown men sat in a in a hotel room in Rotherham breaking down in tears and crying and and that's something that you don't really associate with football and footballers because we just see them or we're, we're sort of told that they're just these stupid people that kick footballs around for a lot of money but he has tried to teach these people that you need to know what the guy next to you is is fighting for what what he is motivated by what what makes him tick and I think that's such a it's such a different way of doing it but it's so clever I think that's actually really true of of everything I think emotional intelligence and and finding out people's vulnerabilities put them on a more even playing field um so I think maybe more people than perhaps you think will find that interesting topic yeah I I think it was it was less so about the football and more so about how this he he was thrown into management he was a player and they the team just needed a manager so he was thrown into it he didn't have any formal training or whatever it was um and he's just tried to find how do you make a squad of of men click how do you make them bond how do you make them unite and it doesn't matter so much about their footballing ability and it's more about the way that they they work for each other and they are a team and they they would do anything for each other and and if you do follow foot, football, Rotherham have done, have had some success under him. Um, so it's obviously is working. Cool. Um, next one is watch. And I think that we're probably both in agreement here that it was the power finale. Oh, yes. Was, was that going to be yours as well? Or you haven't thought of one? I didn't think of one, but that will be it. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't started watching power yet, you you're in for the best treat just watch it all it is good from start to finish which i rarely say about a series i think that was there six series six, uh, six yeah. episodes no yeah. six series six series yeah. and um they actually got better and better as time went on i mean how often does that happen yeah i, I think yeah just go and watch it it's really really good it's on netflix um and then last but not least self-care tip have you got anything you'd like to share um, I think let's link this back to my buy tip of of making yourself making your work set up great and making yourself feel good about that because we do spend so many hours working um, so we need to make sure that the equipment that we're using the desk that we're sat at the, the car that we're driving the scissors that we're using whatever it is make sure it, make sure it's great make sure you feel good about it because there's nothing worse than having equipment that you're just constantly battling with or um, that you that, that isn't playing ball or whatever it is. So try and spend the money where you can on having a great setup, having great equipment so that you feel good, that you enjoy what you do and there isn't the, the, the tools aren't affecting your productivity or the service that you're giving. Good answer. Uh, mine is really pretty basic but also something that I have realised a lot this week and that is getting enough water um, when we were skiing I did not have any water at all because it's really not very easy to carry, drink, water. Yeah, carry water to drink water when you're skiing I mean it's not something that I've I mean I can't even stand up so there's not really much chance of me carrying a water bottle around with me um, but anyway I've noticed my skin feels awful, I've got massive bags under my eyes, my hair doesn't feel like normal. Um, I get a lot, I drink a lot of water day to day and I never really realise the impact it has and how positively it affects me. So if you're somebody who doesn't drink enough water and you find yourself regularly feeling a bit sluggish, I mean, it's not rocket science, but give it a go. I think you might be pleasantly surprised if you up your water intake. Yeah, but don't um, don't just stick loads of 
high sugar squash or yeah. something in it and just think yeah. that you're if you're going to drink eight pints of of squash yeah, you, every you day you might feel good but that'll be because you're high on sugar yeah so um and then that's it i think great awesome you happy yeah good yeah good there's no doubt this week um <laughs> thanks for listening to outsource with me james and me Caroline and we will be back next week with another episode um, feel free to get in touch with us with any yeah, any thoughts comments. or comments and please if you do enjoy it uh, review and share it and um, do all the good things that, that we need to, to help share the podcast so share the love until next time bye bye thanks for listening to Outsourced 